we're back, ladies and gentlemen, back at Lighting Up the Marquee. Got a couple quick reviews for you today. Uh, it is Sunday the 15th. Uh, if you're going to be listening to the next episode that gets released, I said I was recording it on Saturday, but things got in the way, so I wasn't able to record, so I'm getting it out a little bit late, but it will still be up today on the 15th. Um, and then I'll give you a little sneak peek as to the next episode so you can hear that. But today I got a couple of episodes, or, or not even episodes, kind of a couple of movies to review because that's this, that's this show. I don't do episodes, I do movies. Um, so we got Dark Waters, uh, Marriage Story, and Six Underground. Got these three movies to review. And then we got a very exciting episode getting released this Wednesday. So I will explain more about that at the end of the show. A um, little clickbait right there, but uh, let's jump into it. We got Dark Waters, Marriage Story, and the new Michael Bay film, Six Underground. I dropped something, so <laughs> I had to pick that up. Uh, so let's start with Dark, uh, Dark Waters. Uh, I saw this one first out of all these these movies. Uh, it was the first movie I saw after uh, coming back from the 2019 catch-up, the long five-part series I just released. But this was the first movie I saw to get ready for the new episodes I was going to be releasing, directed by Todd Hayes um, and starring Mark Ruffalo, Anne Hathaway, and Tim Robbins. Uh, and the premise of this film is a corporate defense attorney takes takes on an environmental lawsuit against a chemical company that exposes a lengthy history of pollution. Uh, so I saw the trailer for this film. It looked interesting. It looked like it had a lot of um, vibes of like Spotlight, which also starred Mark Ruffalo back in 2015. Um, it looked like, it looked interesting. It looked like one of those pieces, like a movie you watch and you just learn something, but it really like, it kind of just speaks to like, like a political agenda and the times. And after watching it, it, it's definitely one of those movies where it's like, it'll hit a certain demographic and people will be like, it's one of those movies where at the end of the movie, you're just like, Ooh, wow. But like the wow isn't from like how spectacular the filmmaking was. It was just like, it was like, you learn something at the end of the, the movie. It wasn't really like like a a cinematic journey it just felt like a very much like a a movie that's like people will be talking about it for its message and the political tone and like an activist kind of movie um but at the end of the day there wasn't for this film it wasn't like anything like groundbreaking for uh like acting or filmmaking or uh storytelling it was more just to you know it, it was to tell this story and then and then move on and just give this like agenda of people being like big corporation chemical companies are bad uh this is what we need to do to stop it um and how like um i don't know it, it again it felt very much like spotlight where it's just like uncovering this light of a incident that happened but it was one of those things where it's like could have just like googled what happened or like looked up a wikipedia article and that's even like i was joking around with like the richard jewel movie coming out where it's like you go see this movie and you'll know the truth, but it's like, just look, look up what happened. Just look it up and we're, you know, go see a two hour movie. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this movie was just, you know, it was fine for what it was. Um, you know, nothing, nothing spectacular. I thought the performances were pretty good. Uh, I thought Mark Ruffalo did a pretty good job. He's like pretty much in every scene of the film. Um, and he start his character arc is actually like pretty good and pretty like, devastating that his whole career he's pretty much just focused on this one case and it, he won't let it go um Anne Hathaway's in the film she has some good moments but again she's just 
at, at the beginning they really didn't use her she's just like the housewife and then she finally has her like monologue moment same with tim robbins um tim robbins monologue was actually not that great i, I, I nothing against him he's a great actor but like I don't know if it was the way he delivered his, his line or like the take they used. It was very, very um, like cheesy or cliche. The whole time it just made me think of his spoof in Team America um, where they're making fun of him and like talking about corporations because he kept mentioning that in his monologue. And that's all I could think about was him like being parodied in Team America. Um, but it was weird. They cut to this like wide shot, like a master shot of it. And I was like, did you not get a close up of it seems like a pretty big... Um, speech for his character and they cut to a master shot and usually a master shot is when they cut back to like the whole room and usually when you're filmmaking you usually get that take first and that's usually only to be they teach us it's only supposed to be like a backup in case you don't have a good covered shot and another and again a covered shot is when you like do a close-up um and when you do close-ups you want to like use it for like impactful moments so like uh, like if something drastic happens, you cut to a close up of the main character. Cause this is like new piece of information that they learn. And on a master shot, it's just to establish like where characters are, what the room is, like the location they're in. Uh, and usually you only will edit that in or like use it. If, um, you don't have like, a, again, like a good coverage shot. I just hit my elbow <laughs> that hurt. Um, use it if you don't have a good coverage shot and, you use the master shot to like just glue the scene together. You don't use it unless you're, um, unless you're Jim Jarmusch, like his first couple movies where that's all he did was like master shots. He didn't do any close-ups or anything. Uh, but that's his style. Uh, but it was weird that they cut to a master shot for that moment. Um, what else about this movie? Again, there really isn't anything like, I don't know. This, this movie's weird. It's, it's, it's decent for what it is. It It's definitely a political agenda movie. It feels like Mark Ruffalo is kind of doing that with like this and Spotlight. Um, he also produced this film, but I don't know. Like he gives a good performance. Um, it's like well acted. It's just nothing, nothing groundbreaking or spectacular. Definitely like it's getting rave reviews and I understand why, but um, it's kind of one of those things where it's like at the end of the movie, it just seems like an Oscar baity kind of movie, like another Spotlight, but like, Again, spot. I don't know how Spotlight still won Best Picture. I know how, but um, it just seems like one of those like Oscar Beatty movies that's only for like a demographic that wants to learn about an, a piece of information and is just like oh, like at the very end. Um, but you know, I didn't like hate it. I it was just one of those movies where it's like I could throw it on on TV and be like, okay, like cool, I'll watch it for a little bit and then maybe turn it off. But uh, or like it did invest me a little bit, but there were some parts where I was losing in investment in and it's just a little bit over two hours, but uh, it was like something at the end of the day where it's like, I don't really need to see this movie again. Um, if it's on TV, I might skip it or like check it out for like five minutes and then sh- like switch it off. But uh, it's probably like, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has like a 92% for it, critically a 95 audience. And then imdb has a 7.6 this is honestly like a 6 out of 10 movie because it's not terrible so i don't want to give it a 5 and say it's like like 50 50 um it's just like it's above good but like (laughs) it's like i don't know at the end of the day uh what what's worse um at the end of the day if your movie's just okay that's worse than it being greater good like greater or terrible if you have an okay movie because it's forgettable uh, that's kind of what this movie is, unfortunately. But if you're like interested in the story, if you're interested in seeing like, um, 
you know, again, like disinterest in the story or it's a, a subject matter that intrigues you, then go check it out. It's worth it. It's well acted. So it's not like a terrible movie. It's not like a, one of those so bad it's good movies where they like are shoe like shoehorning in a, a environmental like message or like a global warming message like Birdemic or like any of the Neil Breen movies. But those are great in their own ways. But <laughs> It's nothing like that. It actually like takes itself seriously and it's like actually like well told and it is well directed in some senses, but nothing like groundbreaking or spectacular. So I'd give a six out of 10 for Dark Waters. Um, let's move on to the next two films. So these two films were um, Netflix releases. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to get to the theater after Dark Waters, but as I'm recording this today, I'm also going to see the new Black Christmas. I have a special rule. I got, a, I got a cool episode I'm doing with the new Black Christmas coming out. And then I'm also finally getting to see Ford versus Ferrari. So I will include that in another review. Because uh, I'm still trying to go see Richard Jewell and Uncut Gems. I'm still trying to find time to go see. And then I'm also trying to find the time. Really trying to find the time to go see uh, the new Terrence Malick film, A Hidden Life. That's just... It's so long. It's only playing in one theater in LA. Or two theaters in LA. Um, but it's just so long and it's Terrence Malick. I got to find the time to like stay awake and watch it because his movies are very slow and philosophical. So I, I I need to find the time for that. But like I said, I got going to try to check out Richard Jewell. Definitely seeing Uncut Gems. <laughs> definitely seeing Black Christmas. I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, but I got a fun episode planned with that one. That's why I'm going to see it. And then Ford versus Ferrari I will review. But Uh, I was able to check out two Netflix films that got released. So the first one was Marriage Story. So this is from uh, Noah Baumbach, who's a pretty well-established director. I think two years ago, he had the Meyerowitz stories. Uh, He directed The Squid and the Whale. Uh, He directed Francis Ha, that him and his, um, I think, I don't know if his, like, girlfriend, or I I believe they're, or it's like, I think it's his girlfriend, Greta Gerwig. I think they're dating. I don't know if they're married. Um they both wrote that and then she stars as Francis in the in the film but Marriage Story is his newest film starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson um and the premise of the film is on IMDb it lists Noah Baumbach's incisive and compassionate look at a marriage breaking up and a family staying together um that's essentially what it is it's listed as a comedy drama romance and uh, all three of those are hit in this film um the thing about Noah Baumbach is this film is very funny but it's not funny in the way that you would think of with like a rom-com or like a dramedy. Um, like the comedy is sprinkled throughout and it's just very, you know, very dry, very everyday humor. It kind of goes under the radar in some scenes or in some moments too, but it works very well. His style very much works. Very similar to like a Wes Anderson, but not as like quirky or like artsy. Uh, it's like very real. And that's like the... It's probably the best way to describe this film is it feels very real. Um, The beginning of this film is great where it talks about Adam Driver. It does a narration from Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson talking about each other and like why they love each other and then immediately cuts to them filing for divorce. Um, So that immediately like hooks you in to what's about to happen through the story. Um, So I thought that was a great like introduction to the the world. and this film, it's like well written, well acted. Um, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver give great performances. But the thing about this film is, I, I was losing a little bit of interest in it because it kept seeming like it was just going back and forth between like the same scenarios over and over again. Um, and like, 
not that it was bad, but it was just losing my interest. Like it could have probably been cut down a little bit, maybe like 15 minutes. Um, just a little bit. Um, but there are some great scenes. There's some very hard scenes. There's scenes where it's like, I think Nick mentioned it in his podcast where you like one of the characters and hate the other character. And then the next scene you hate that character, the character you liked and you like the character you hate, or in some scenes you just hate both of them, um, or like both of them. But it's a very, very tough film to get through. There's some very hard scenes. There's some very good scenes where you see both characters being their best, but then there's scenes where you don't like them at all. Um, but like, like that's the whole point of those scenes. Um, I was even telling Nick, I was like, at Columbia, there's <clears throat> the directing program. You do a uh, <clears throat> an exercise where you take a script and you have to direct it in the studio and uh, readapt it to like your vision and change the context of the scene. And I was like, I feel like this is going to be a script down the road at Columbia where they take it and like students have to take the scene and change it out of context for their scene. And I was like, this seems like one of those scripts. Um, and that's not to say anything's bad, but the Columbia uses a lot of these, like these kind of scripts for their, their exercises. Then you get the occasional like seven, but they pick a weird scene from seven. Um, but I think also Nick was talking about how like, he's not a big fan of Adam driver. I actually personally am a big fan of him. He said like, he's a good actor, but, um, I'm not, this is not to like knock Nick's opinion, but I actually like Adam driver a lot. I think he gives a lot of great performances. Um, yes, they were very like mundane and ordinary and dry pan, but like that's his style. It works for him. He's great at what he does. He's got a lot of good moments. He definitely pulls a lot of ranges within his emotion, like within his emotions, within his performance, but he's still got that like lovable charm about him. Um, and Scar, like Scarlett Johansson's great in this film as well. Um, I think they both were nominated for golden globes with this. So like good on them. It was a good, it was well acted. Here, the thing about this film is I don't ever have the need or the desire to ever watch this again. Uh, there's another film I would much prefer about seeing Marriage Struggle called Before Midnight, the Richard Linklater film with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, where they're married, but they're having problems as a married couple. Um, this one, even people are talking about the argument scene being fantastic, and like it's the new meme on the internet is their argument scene, but like that whole that whole argument scene it just kept escalating and escalating like every other like movie argument i've seen where in before midnight it's very natural it like comes down goes back up comes down and this one does it a couple times but not to the extent and how well it is in before midnight um to show a more realistic argument than just like constant yelling all the way through and uh it ends with like an apology or something but it was worth a watch if you got nothing else to do uh, and you want to watch something on Netflix if you've already seen The Irishman and you've seen The Office for like the 50th time, uh, you can go check out Marriage Story. I I, I liked it a lot. Um, it's a film. Don't really have the desire to ever rewatch. And um, what was I going to say? Yeah, like I said, don't have a, don't have a desire to ever rewatch it. Um, and then like i said the acting is good the writing's good it's just a scene like the movie like probably could have been cut short a little bit uh probably could have cut it down a little bit and it would have been pretty good but overall i'd probably give it like a seven out of ten uh it's another movie critics are praising audiences are like liking but not like loving um but i give it a seven out of ten i think it was worth the watch um 
definitely a good acting movie. Everyone gives great performances. Um, yeah, go check out Marriage Story. Um, especially if you don't want to watch this next movie I watched. Um, I don't know what I was thinking when I decided to watch this film, but I watched the new Michael Bay film called Six Underground. Um, and I'm not trying to knock Michael Bay. Like a lot of people hate him. I don't think he's the best filmmaker, but at least he like has fun with what he's doing. And he like, I left a review for this film. I was saying no one, I was like, Michael Bay is the only filmmaker who can make a Michael Bay film look like a Michael Bay film. And it's true. He's the only one that can do this kind of action. Um, but I don't think he's like, as far as like story and story and plot and characters, I don't think he's the best at directing, but he's very good at like production design and special effects and, um, all that shit. Um, but the premise of his new film is meet a new kind of action hero, six untraceable agents, totally off the grid. They buried their past so they can change the future. This film was weird and, I'm all for weird films, but this film was weird in the sense that it, nothing really made sense and nothing, nothing like added up. <laughs> Everything was, con- it was confusing for the sake of being confusing. It tried doing this like nonlinear, nonlinear narrative, um, introducing all these characters, not really explaining much. Um, I know the action scene at the beginning of the film was, it was good. I will say it's good. Um, and I talk a little bit more about it uh, on Wednesday. Stay tuned. I'm I'm going to get to that, the announcement on that. But I talk a little bit more about it in the next episode. But in this, I'll talk about it reviewing here. The action at the beginning was good, but it had that editing where it felt like too much, too many cuts. And the whole movie felt like too many cuts. So everything feels fast paced. But then it, like the, because of all the cuts, it slows everything down. Um that's something else I learned in like editing classes. Like you want to do less cuts and an editor is even looking for places not to cut. So if you're just constantly cutting, that can slow down the pace of your film. And that's how I felt with this one, even though it tried being like fast pace. Um, the acting in this film is, eh, it's there. Uh, again, Ryan Reynolds is just doing like, he has some like dramatic range in this film, but he's still just being Deadpool with like all his jokes and everything. And it's, it like shocked me when I found out the screenwriters were the writers of Zombieland and Deadpool. So it's no surprise that they're still giving him Deadpool shtick. Um, but the one thing I will say about this one that I haven't seen from Michael Bay films in a while. And granted, I haven't seen all of his films of recent. So I haven't seen like pain and gain or 13 hours or that shit. I'm talking about like his transformers, PG 13, like action films is the violence in this film is there. It like surprised me. Cause I forgot it was rated R uh, how bloody this film is and i was you know i give props to that for doing like a balls out r-rated action film um and yeah i was like that was probably the most fun i had with it was all the action and the the violence was probably like the best part about it was it didn't hold back but when it came to the story and even the characters it was all just michael bay like your typical Michael Bay stick, nothing new. It's just, you know, bad jokes, bad pop culture references. Very, uh, very shuffled, like iPod playlist, like going through the, the, <laughs> the soundtrack. There was even a point where I was looking at this film. I was like, Michael Bay definitely knows how to gr- like create a great, uh, sports commercial like you're ever watching a commercial for like a resort or like that's kind of what it looked like at the beginning of the film 
um because he shoots in all these exotic locations and like around the world but it's always just like then we're gonna blow it up and uh i don't know this film was i don't know i even had like 20 minutes left of it um and i was like Oof, i just gotta pull the rest of the band-aid off i gotta finish this because i'm like mostly done so might as well just finish it um there's a part of the film at the beginning where uh dave franco is also in this film in the beginning he's the driver uh like he's in he's their driver for this crew and he kicks the windshield out from his like uh car and the whole time i after he did that i just kept thinking of james franco his older brother from pineapple express <laughs> kicked like his foot through the window because he's like i've seen it in action films and his foot just gets stuck and then it keeps cutting the outside shot of his foot through the windshield driving so i just kept thinking of that and that made me laugh but i mean overall this film is like fun i guess like it's not the i, I guess it's fun uh, i've had more fun with other action films and uh, yeah it's a michael bay action film he's the only one that knows how to do them but like I think we've been getting better ones with like the Mission Impossible movies and like Mad Max Fury Road that we're like have gotten to a point where action movies are better than this. Uh, this is just a very generic, generic action film. Nothing grand, nothing spectacular. Performances are like, eh, they're all right. They try giving such range to everything and dramatic stakes, but like all the beat points felt like a Michael Bay film too. So it's like he's recycling all of his beat points. And apparently he's also recycling like music and like I think some shots in this as well but he's been doing that for years so it's i don't know i gotta respect him for making the films he wants to make and having fun with it but i don't know if like i can watch any more michael bay films because i just don't know i i don't see any merit to them it's just like i'm just watching them for the sake of watching it but i'm not getting anything from it um i think i like rather would watch a movie where i need to think a little bit more like like I, I'd rather sit through six hour Terrence Malick film than probably sit through another Michael Bay film. Um, at least I'll like kind of learn something. I might not like the Terrence Malick film, but at least I could be like, I respect the art form and I respect Michael Bay for like, I guess doing what he wants to do, but it's just not my thing, I guess. Um, I know critics are not liking it. It's getting a good audience score. IMDb has it at a six out of 10. This is honestly like a four out of 10, three and a half at best. Um, it was nothing like, again, nothing I would go back and rewatch. Definitely see why it got released on Netflix. People can easily watch this and like, like enjoy themselves, especially with like Blockbuster and family video, not like being around as much anymore. This, this felt like something that would have been straight to there and people would have eat, like eaten this shit up in the, in the stores. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for the reviews today. We six underground, four out of three and a half to four out of 10. Uh, Marriage Story 7 out of 10 and Dark Water 6 out of 10. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this uh, this week's review. Uh, actually, look out. We got another episode coming out this Wednesday. Very excited about it. I'm joined by my good friend Nick Manasiotis from the Here's My Take podcast. Uh, we got a very fun episode. Uh, it's a long one, too. We got up to like two hours, I think. Um, very fun. We were able to do a Skype session. Uh, and uh, I don't want to give away what the episode is. Um, but I don't know if he's going to give it away on his podcast when his episode drops today. I haven't listened to it, but, uh, go give his podcast a listen as well. We talk about a lot of things in, in the new episode. We talk about, uh, 
some of our podcasts we've been listening to, like uh, the podcast he was on, Movie Chatter Podcast. Great guys over there. Uh, go give them a listen too. They're a lot of fun. Uh, we talk about if Kurt Russell is really the father. Uh, we have like our little own Maury episode. You'll understand when you hear it. Um, but yeah, very fun having him back on the show. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, like I said, he wasn't able to come to LA again. Um, we had to do a Skype session, but we will be getting him back on the show and getting him back out to LA uh, very soon. Me and him are planning a lot of stuff. And then I plan on being on his show, I believe soon. Uh, we're working that out as well. But look out for that episode on Wednesday. Um, like I said, also, I'm going to see Black Christmas and um, Ford versus Ferrari today on, again, the 15th. Um, so I will have a review for Ford versus Ferrari, as well as I will try to add Richard Jewell and Uncut Gems into that review. Maybe Bombshell. Uh, and like I said, if I get a chance to see the Terrence Malick film, I will. But then the Black Christmas episode will be its own thing. I got a little special episode I want to do with that one. And then we have Star Wars coming up in the holidays. So trying to get all these reviews out, trying to get these episodes out. I will be planning on um, during the holiday season, like Christmas and New Year's, I will be planning on reviewing episodes and having episodes drop. Uh, even though I will not be in Los Angeles at that time, I will be out of out of town, but I will have these episodes ready to go for you. Uh, so there will still be content coming out. We're not putting the podcast on hiatus anytime soon. Um, but if we do, go check out our Facebook and Instagram page for all the updates at Lighting Up the Marquee. We post every week with our reviews. We will be getting back to the questions very soon and current events. We will be on those and you can get the updates there. Uh, mostly on Facebook is where I do the updates and then I'll send it over to Instagram as well. Uh, and then you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Really, uh, really appreciate it. I'm jumping over my own words right now, but really appreciate everybody listening. Thank you for sticking with us, even through the hiatus. Very glad to be back doing this. Uh, glad to be doing these movies, these movie reviews. Got a lot of good stuff in the works. Um, but until next time, I'm your host, Tim Martin, and this has been Lighting Up the Marquee.